Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fansack. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib here with Thomas Carinante. And Thomas, the big story in Major League Baseball this week, we gotta talk about it, is the arrival of Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly is back, um, and this time he's the hero. Can we believe that? Um, as you remember, two years ago, he intentionally threw at Tyler Austin, uh, prompting Tyler Austin to snap his bat in rage, uh, something I've never seen before, charge the mound. Uh, he pretty much beat up Joe Kelly, but we have the sect of Red Sox fans who seem to think that that didn't happen. Um, and now Joe Kelly is back intentionally throwing at batters of the Houston Astros, rushing back uh as we could put it lightly uh alex bregman and then carlos correa and then proceeding to call carlos correa a bitch after striking him out and getting out of a jam um however though uh the bigger subject here obviously since we've already dealt with all this fallout is the suspension rob manfred levied uh on the dodgers reliever uh what do we think about that well i mean it's been said that Manfred gave every Astro complete immunity uh, for confessing to their crimes and then pinned none of it on the players because he said, you know, once you start suspending players, it's dicey, then who's going to step forward? Then the lawyers get involved and you're going to have MLB adjusting the suspensions. Okay, that's great. You just suspended Joe Kelly for uh, missing two batters with pitches for the equivalent of 22 games in a regular season. That's I mean, first off, eight games in general is more than Jose Arena got for drilling Ronald Acuna Jr. It's way more than Kelly got for choking Tyler Austin and starting the Joe Kelly Fight Club in Boston. Um, It's just Manfred being draconian to try to stop people from self-policing the Astros because he wouldn't do it himself. But guess what? It's not going to stop people from hating the Astros. No, it's absolutely not. And if we're going to do the math on, first of all, as you mentioned, uh, Joe Kelly suspension for hitting Tyler Austin and then fighting him, which prompted a benches clearing brawl. Obviously Austin uh, initiated the fight, but that was a five game suspension in a 162 game season. We're talking an eight game suspension in a 60 game season that equates to 13% of the Dodgers games, which is ludicrous. Um, We saw a lot of the discourse on social media. No, we're not going to condone headhunting, 
No. Um, it, we're, we're absolutely not. That's not the point here. The point is Joe Kelly should be suspended. Yes, he did two wrong things. There is a gray area, though, because he wasn't thrown out of the game. There was there. I don't believe there was a warning initiated. Um, not that I saw, at least. Um, and the, the issue is that there was no punishment for the Astros players for what they did. And we have learned that that was largely a player driven sign stealing scandal, uh, you know, with the involvement, the, the larger involvement of uh, Alex Cora and to a lesser degree, Carlos Beltran. Um, but that's the discourse here. The discourse is you're punishing a guy for retaliating. Joe Kelly would have never retaliated in this situation if the Astros never cheated. Obviously, we're not pointing fingers here being like, oh, they did this, so Joe Kelly did that. Not saying that really, but I mean, in the end, Joe Kelly doesn't do this if the Astros didn't do that. Uh, and then he's getting punished more than any Astros player did for orchestrating the biggest scandal in the sport, um, probably that we've ever seen since the Black Sox. Uh, you know, the steroid era is a different story because everybody was doing that. The Astros were pretty much a lone wolf here uh, doing this throughout the 2017 playoffs after being told to not do that. Uh, once the, once the restrictions were put in place after the regular season. Um, so to me, that's more of the conversation here that, that we need to uh, bring to the forefront. Every bit of the discourse is dumb. You've seen a lot of Joe Kelly wasn't even on the Dodgers in 2017 oh yeah, that's a great point. But Joe Kelly was on the Boston Red Sox in 2017 who lost to the Astros after dropping games one and two of the ALDS in Houston. Um, yeah, and headhunt, a lot of people spinning this to say headhunting is wrong no matter how you slice it. Sure, Joe Kelly deserved to be suspended for some length of time. But eight games when the Astros' entire roster got a big fat zero combined, really stands out as glaring and shows that, you know, the, the self-policing is apparently worse than the crime to Rob Manfred. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor's building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. And if Manfred had just sacked up and suspended all of the complicit Astros for like 25 or 30 games apiece, then I'm pretty sure Joe Kelly wouldn't be headhunting during a shortened season. Um, I still do wonder, uh, Kelly was suspended for eight games and he's going to appeal. If the season doesn't last eight games, does that carry over to 2021? I don't know. I mean, then he appeal, appeals it and it's probably going to get dropped. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you would have to think you'd have to think that it might uh, it's something to consider uh, being, but you know, being that uh, two of the Phillies coaches just got, just tested positive too, which is not yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got Yuli Gurriel in the 2017 world series doing racist eye gestures and they suspended yep. for like one and a half games the next, the year. next year. Yeah. Gets to play the whole world series, Joe Kelly uh, dropping a B bomb and, and doing a raspberry face at the Astros. That's an automatic eight games. Apparently dusty Baker dropped an MF. Uh, he just got fined. No yeah. suspension for him. Audible MF bomb and dusty Baker, not on the Astros in 2017 either. So, you know, if that's your argument, then uh, we love Dusty, but I mean, love Dusty, double quadruple uh, standard here. And uh, I mean, it, it is funny, too. It shows you how 
quickly like we rail on the Red Sox it shows how quickly our hatred can change if you just take the uniform off like it was two years ago that Joe Kelly was sitting in the stands at a Bruins playoff game getting an absolute standing ovation uh, for the Joe Kelly fight club for honestly getting beaten up by Tyler Austin and now two years later we love Joe Kelly we're making justifications saying Joe Kelly's wild there's no way you could know he was throwing at someone that guy's got no control you yeah. know in his own house like we're all we are all in South Boston now like yep. it's often screaming for the Joe Kelly fight club but what can you do that's what that's the power of the Astros yeah um and if we're looking back it's funny though that he's he's going after these guys because uh he actually faced them in the postseason in 2017 2017 was a career year for joe kelly um and he actually was very good against the astros aside he allowed a a few hits and a walk but no no runs no runs against them and he's uh he's 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 doing uh the people's work um by uh standing up for what's right because manfred's not going to do it um as we talked about uh well, as we will talk about this weekend, uh, the Astros will not be saved. Um, even though that this is, you know, a down year without fans, the players are, they're not going to be saved by the coronavirus. The players are clearly going to, uh, step up and make sure that they feel uncomfortable, that they make it known, uh, that what they did was wrong. Um, but more importantly, I think, uh, last thing we could touch on is really how unfit Manfred is for the commissioner role. Um, love to hear what you have to say about that well yeah i mean he's yet to uh, when's the last time rob manford made a correct move or he spent uh the entire off season and year prior to this basically trying to de-emphasize the importance of baseball which is theoretically the sport he governs he, he spent most of his time as commissioner of baseball trying to improve baseball which a lot of people would agree doesn't need to be drastically overhauled or claiming that baseball is just not that important, right? Why take away the Astros title when it's just a hunk of metal? Uh, because it's not. Because a lot of people w- use years of their lives and get you know blood, sweat, and tears on the commissioner's trophy as soon as they win the World Series. I guess the number one argument for claiming that there's probably more corruption in the game of baseball is what motivation does Rob Manfred have to you know uncover corruption in any capacity? The Astros was so blatant he couldn't help but launch an investigation. But if you told me tomorrow that 16 MLB teams were gaining an advantage for some illegal fashion and Rob Manfred swept it under the rug, I would absolutely believe you because he doesn't seem to care. He just wants to neuter baseball at its core. There are so many things baseball could do better. They could market their athletes. They could figure out ways to change the timing of, of primetime games and move the World Series to 4 p.m. so kids can watch. And there are a lot of exciting baseball players to market. Rob Manfred seems to think that the core problem with the game of baseball is the game of baseball. And we've got to start putting runners on second and we have to start playing seven inning games uh, and his complete, you know, disregard for proper punishment for both sides of this crime stands out. It's just part of his ethos. He doesn't seem to care about the game. Yeah. I mean, the guy was a lawyer before this. Yes. He was with Bud Selig uh, in the commissioner's office for years, but you know, this has been, it's just been such a bad year for the guy. Uh, when, when you start off with, uh, with the whole Astro scandal, it was a mess. And then you parlay that with the, terrible terrible negotiations uh that falls on him the negotiations fall on him i don't care what anybody says he is the unquestioned leader of major league baseball he needs to get these two camps aligned as best as he possibly can and he didn't he didn't meet with what tony clark until june that they they decided in june that that would be it he left the face-to-face meeting and said i thought i was under the understanding we had a deal well guess what rob if both sides weren't under that understanding then you didn't have a deal whatever this 
let's move on because this is just it's it's infuriating yeah everybody uh, take, a, take a lap uh we do i mean thomas we we have yankees baseball for at least the next day or so day and we had a game we had a game uh we played the baltimore orioles this week uh garrett cole showed out on wednesday yanks won that wednesday game uh going away it was never really in question uh so that's why it stood out like such a sore thumb that gary sanchez uh, continues to play like the absolute worst case version of Gary Sanchez uh, through that game, 0 for 12 with eight strikeouts, uh, looking lo- a lot like the Gary who hit under 200 in 2018, which was a thing that happened. And I know you've been on his case for a long time, so I'll let you take the floor here. Uh, what is it about Gary Sanchez that gets you, and, and what, what what can be done here? This is hopeless. I don't know. It's you know I. I feel bad for the guy first and foremost. I I don't know how much longer he needs to kind of get on track. Uh, He's made his debut in 2015. I know injuries have largely hampered him um, over the past three, four years. Uh, But as the years have progressed, progressed, he looks more and more lost at the plate. Uh, During his 53 game, you know, cup of coffee in the league in 2016, when everybody was, screaming on the top of their lungs because he hit 20 home runs in that span. He batted 299 with a with a 1032 OPS, which is awesome. Uh he followed that up the next year batting 278. Obviously it went down, but we had a larger sample size with 122 games, 876 OPS. But then you get to 2018 and 2019. Yes, the most significantly shortened seasons he's had with injury, 89 games and 106 games, but 186 and 232. And the lineup has gotten better. We've added DJ LeMayu. We've added Giancarlo Stanton. How and Glaber Torres is is blowing up. How is the lineup around you getting better, and you're getting worse on the hit on on the hitting front? We could talk about defense because Cole was a nice guy. This is why this is why I love Garrett Cole. And was dying to sign him. Just goes out and he says after the game yesterday that you know Gary was huge in the game planning. He did a great job. Uh, calling the pitches behind the plate. I mean, yes, they're playing the Orioles. I, I, I don't know how much really goes into preparing for uh, a pretty much a triple-A team. Um, but, you know, maybe Gary was working and focusing on his defense more than anything uh, this offseason and kind of thought the bat would catch up with him because his power numbers are incredible. Remember, he had 34 home runs in 106 games last year. That's, that's pretty awesome. Um but what fans are always going to be looking for here is the consistency, number one. And number two, getting hits in timely situations. You don't have to be a god batting 400, um, you know, and hitting balls out of the stadium. But, like, you need to show up sometimes in situations where it's high stakes, where you have to deliver, where we need a hit. And Gary Sanchez has just largely been unable to do that. It's just sad. I mean, I root for, of course I root for Gary Sanchez, right? You know, we're Yankee fans. We, we want a 30 home run catcher who hits 260 or 270 with, with solid fringe average defense. That's something that I want. That's something that I want to extend. Like, I don't want to have negative feelings about Gary Sanchez plate appearances. I don't want to look at a pass ball and go, there we go again. I just want like, that's a, a pass ball is an annoyance. It's not supposed to happen 35 times in a year. It's not supposed to be something that you can count on. It's supposed to be just an unfortunate thing you shrug off. Um, and there's always a lightning rod on these on these good to great Yankee teams. For a decade plus, it was A-Rod, um, objectively an, an MVP with the Yankees, objectively led them to the 2009 World Series, 
you know, hit 400 in his first playoff series against uh, Minnesota in 04. But because of the Red Sox failure in the 04 ALCS and because of the division series exits after that, it was always, you know, let's forget about the good things A-Rod did and let's focus on the strikeouts with runners on base. And that's what Gary Sanchez has become. You know, I, mean, I went to the 2018 wildcard game, which he, you know, entered after that 180 season. And Severino was dealing, and Aaron Judge had a two-run jack in the first, and, and the crowd was rolling from minute one. But then whenever Gary Sanchez came up, my section booed. That's just what it is. He, he, it's hard to believe from 2016 to now that we've seen enough of Gary Sanchez that we now have a different picture. But he is the lightning rod. If he hits a home run, it quiets doubters, but only temporarily. And then when he flails of a slider with men on base, they're right back. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Back up. There's nothing that can quiet them for good until he wins a World Series or until he hits 386 with two homers in an ALCS. For now, Gary Sanchez is, in the minds of many fans, the guy who owns David Price and nobody else. And only he Mm -hmm. can change that. And that's why it makes me so depressed when he strikes out eight times in three starts or when he, you know, loses a game with a mental lapse. And remember that game when he grounded out and the game against the Rays in Tampa and wasn't hustling and probably would have beaten out a game-time hit and it was objectively his fault. And that's why I hate things like that because I'm rooting for the man. And then you, you have pockmarks on his resume, like a game lost via not hustling or, a, you know, a playoff game where he doesn't tell Joe Girardi to challenge a foul tip because they have a frosty relationship and the Yankees blow it to the Indians. Like I don't want these things on his resume either, but they're there. Yep. Uh, and after the Rays game, I don't know if you remember back, back in our 12 updates, uh, that was a Tommy's takes article where I, uh, because fans were mad that night. Fans were mad, and I, I rode the wave, and people wanted him People wanted him sent down to just, like, teach him a lesson uh, and wrote that article, and it blew up. We'll, we'll maybe introduce Tommy's Takes the Yanks Go Yard this time. Yeah, you guys are going to can't do it yet. I gotta, you guys got to like me first, um, <laughs> or at least attempt to like me before you absolutely despise me. Um, but it's fun. We, 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 those are the hot takes and uh, the kind of uh, all – alternate discussions that you know we like to talk about outside of the mainstream um but anyway to stay on topic with gary uh topic with gary as you were saying yeah he he hasn't really had a signature pinstripes moment i know that uh his 2016 debut was electrifying but as you're saying you know postseason 170 he, he it's not like he hasn't had the opportunity to redeem himself in the postseason 27 games over the course of three years he's batting 176 yes he has six homers and 16 rbis but 176 is atrocious. A 225 on base percentage is incomprehensible. And as you can imagine, he has a very low OPS at 608. So until that turns around, until he can kind of get on track and consistently produce and find a way to come through in bigger moments, it, there's always going to, and I was at, like I, like we discussed earlier, I was at spring training this year early on before uh, actually a week before it got shut down, because of the coronavirus and he was booed. It was a Davy Garcia start against uh, I think it was the Phillies and he struck out twice and the crowd in Tampa, which is a bunch of old people and kids just going for fun was booing and it was roaring boos. 
So, like I said, I agree with you. I feel bad. I don't want this. I don't want to have to question defensive woes every time a pass ball goes by or anytime he strikes out. But, I mean, that's the reality of it right now, and that's going to be even louder among the fan base who, you know, who is not in tune to the game every single second like, you know, we are watching all the games or as other people in media are closely following these things and and you know it's 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 not fun and I do feel bad and I, I really hope he turns it around well it's a huge bummer I mean you you could feel fans were ready to come into the 2020 season either hating him or hating Giancarlo Stanton and so far Giancarlo Stanton is it appears he's made adjustments you would say I mean he's shortened up he's lasering line drives all over the field he's not selling out for power uh, and and Sanchez has not made any adjustments so far in a teeny tiny sample size but then again this is a teeny tiny season however long it lasts and nobody wants this I don't want to devote time to ripping Gary Sanchez uh I mean haters definitely want to listen to this but (laughs) at at this point um yeah he's he's not there and he's not even close and the Yankees don't have a catcher of the future who isn't Gary Sanchez so we need more um that being said we have a few Yankee games in the books um, we've got narratives, we've got storylines dominating the conversation so far, and Thomas and I are going to try to figure out what matters and what does not. Um, so this is something or nothing. It's the segment where we're going to figure out if we actually think a trend is something or if it's just a bunch of smoke and a four-game season. So, Thomas, to start us off, uh, Garrett Cole uh, almost completed seven innings against the Orioles on Wednesday. Uh basically threw another one hitter like he did on opening day. But as soon as he got to a hundred pitches, it was double home run to Dwight Smith jr. And another double and he was gone. Couldn't complete the inning, uh, fell apart in a flash, seemed to get tired in a snap. Uh, is that something to you or is that nothing? Uh, that's nothing to me. Um, I know the four month layoff has certainly given him the rest that he's needed. Uh, but last year during the regular season, uh, 212 and a third innings pitched, um, and then he went an additional uh, 36 and two thirds innings uh, in the playoffs. So that's a lot of work as, you know, as we were talking about Roger Clemens the other day, going 250 plus innings for like seven seasons. Uh, and that was in the regular season, you know, Cole, Cole eclipsed, Cole, Cole eclipsed uh, 250 last year. And that's a lot of work. Um, and the guy just throws hard. So, you know, he's going to get tired, uh, especially after without the proper, um, warm up and training because, you know, call summer camp what it was. It's not your traditional spring training. It probably didn't get everybody up to speed as best as best it could. Um, but I, I couldn't be less concerned about that. No, it's, it's nothing to me either. If anything, it's something on Aaron Boone's shoulders by an infinitesimal amount. I mean, just because the second game of the year, uh, you know, Cole's nearing a hundred pitches anyway, he only got a 75 pitch start against the Nats maybe we don't need after the double and the home run to leave him in to give up another double. I know what you're trying to do. You want him to leave on a high note, but you know, Garrett Cole, he's going to be angry no matter what he does with that final batter. And then he's in the post game and he's, you know, playing peekaboo with the camera in the zoom interview room. So you can't get him down for too long, no matter what he does. He's just an intense guy. And uh, I guess, yeah, shame on Boone for trying to push him a smidge too far, but it's obviously nothing. Um, So something or nothing Thomas, what do you think? Brett Gardner, uh, no hits, through Wednesday's game, he's looking a lot like Gary Sanchez and he's striking out, which he doesn't usually do. Is that something or is that nothing? I want to say nothing, but I think it's a tad bit of something uh, just because, you know, he's not getting any younger. Uh, He's coming off a very, very outlier career year as we saw last year. Um, Do I think he's 
getting tired? I don't think so. I think it's a weird, he, he's been, he's, you know, he's the longest tenured Yankee, 13 straight years of doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, obviously this entire situation is affecting everyone the, uh, the same way. Um, but, you know, it could be affecting him a little bit more just because he's been in the league for so long and he's getting into his late thirties. Um, I think it's something to keep our eye on just because we have so many capable outfielders who need and want playing time. Um, you know, as people have been, that's been a lot of the discourse on social media because we have Talkman, because we have Clint Frazier who can't come up for, you know, the, I think, what is it now, the next seven or eight days or uh, six or seven days um, after being sent down. And, and Duhar, who is uh, going to provide some part-time reps out there too. Um, so it's something to keep an eye on. I don't think it's anything to be necessarily concerned about, but if this continues, because we're in a shortened season, Boone will have his hand forced and may have to throw in one of those guys, uh, just because the depth is so talented and, uh, and formidable. Yeah. I I think it's something, I think it's on the small end of being something. I think it's just, it's unfortunately more proof that 2019 was the Yankees year the fact that Brett Gardner hit 28 homers and bounced back in such a major way. And the next year he's re-signed and he looks like he's, you know, looks like he got space jammed at the plate. It's not his, if he backslides and if it, if this is the end for Brett Gardner, we're watching it a downward slope. It's not his fault. He he is of a certain age. It just sort of reinforces how crazy it was what he did last year, how crazy it was what everyone did last year and how that really should have been his farewell ring. Uh, And he didn't get it. Uh, thanks to the Nationals for doing what we couldn't do. But I think, yeah, I mean, the fact that there are people behind Brett Gardner itching to take Brett Gardner's job uh, and the fact that we have capable outfielders means I'm not worried about it, but he's he's late. He's really off. It looks like he, whatever the work he put in during the shutdown, it, it, is, it doesn't seem to have helped him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's something that he looks this off and it's probably something that Aaron Boone has to fix soon. Uh, all right, the final something or nothing one of my personal favorite topics to debate about on Yankees Twitter these days, Luke Voigt versus Mike Ford at first base. Is this a position battle? Is Mike Ford coming up behind Luke? Thomas, does this matter? I think it matters. Uh, and I love Luke Voigt and I love Mike Ford. Um, but there, there's, there's going to be, there, there could be a change. I, I think, you know, Luke Voigt has, uh, struggled a bit since his uh, sports hernia sh- surgery, which nobody can blame him for. That's not a fun procedure to undergo um, and the necessary steps that need to be taken to get back up to full strength um, are very arduous, but we, I mean, we know this guy's work ethic. We've seen him in the weight room. We've seen him, uh, we've seen him crank balls just as far as any of the other Yankee hitters. Uh, so I think he's up for the task of continuing to get himself back up to speed um, however, you know, the start of the year hasn't been particularly great for him. Yes. He hit that game tying home run, um, on Sunday, which was awesome, but that's his only hit on the year. He's one for 11, five strikeouts kind of looks lost to an extent, uh, a couple of defensive gaffes, um, not going to incriminate him for that, but just if we're talking position battle, not the exact start you want when you got a guy like Ford behind you, New Jersey native, Mike Ford, uh, cannot forget about that. Um, he has been making good contact and he got a hit when he came on late um, against the Nats in the losing effort on Saturday. Um, and last night, aside from that one strikeout, he was putting bat on ball, sacrifice fly hit. Um, and I like what I see from his bat. Plus he's left-handed, which always kind of uh, provides a little bit of, of an edge uh, for those guys on offense. But um, 
yeah, I think this is something to watch certainly over the next week. Ford is so damn patient and his swing is just so casual. There's, it's like, it's funny. It's low effort versus high intensity. Every Voigt swing looks like it takes, you know, five minutes of energy out of him. And every Ford swing looks like, you know, a dad in the backyard pumping pop-ups to his kid, trying to, you know, help him do fielding practice. I think this is, I lean slight nothing, but I'm only going to say that because I think we've seen over the years that there's more than enough room for both Mike Ford and Luke Voigt to get at bats. I think this is, I think this is nothing just because we don't need to, Luke Voigt's not someone we need to be tearing down after four games played. I think Ford, you know, having a Jersey boy in the Yankees lineup, having just a big beefy built for tough, you know, megalith truck on the team. Somehow Luke Boyd isn't the beefy one anymore, by the way. I don't know why he did that to himself. Yeah, but what did he do? I, what did he do? I think for, I, I'm just saying nothing because I think there's room for both Luke Boyd and Mike Ford to have huge years. I don't think you need to tear one down to build the other up. But that being said, uh, if we, I, I guess I'm saying let's have this conversation quietly. Let's sort of, let's slide Mike Ford in there three times a week. Let's let Voigt get four starts. Let's not rip the Voigt poster down. I think there's just, there's room for both men uh, to split time at first. And if I'm proven wrong, then, then maybe it is something. It's definitely close to being something. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, yeah. And um, I, like I said, there's just, there's so many moving parts this year with the shortened season and with the amount of players that we have on the roster, there's, the, Boone's going to want to make time for as many people as they can, especially if, Someone hits a rough patch, as we've already seen. Uh, you know, Ford's already gotten a start. Sanchez was already uh, benched for Higgy that one game. So truly a wait-and-see game. But, you know, it's worth talking about because, it's, you know, like you said, instead of tearing anything down, instead of, you know, throwing somebody in the dirt, it's a conversation worth having because it's a possibility. And at the very least, it's a possibility of, you know, splitting reps and splitting time. Yeah, I lean in favor of, of- – splitting reps at this point and then in another two weeks things will have sorted themselves out uh Mike Ford I don't think Mike Ford should start against a guy like John Means uh but I guess we'll wait and see uh end of the conversation Mike Ford's great and we're glad to have him on the team and uh, any playing time he gets uh, until he proves otherwise is a bonus uh that's it for this week's content on the pod Thanks so much everyone for listening to the first couple episodes of the Yanks Go Yard podcast we really appreciate it It would be a great help to us if you like what you heard, head to iTunes, head to Apple Podcasts, give us that five-star review and leave a review. Uh, We've been hearing from a couple of people so far who love it. We're going to keep bringing you interviews uh, and segments and conversation, all that good stuff. Uh, But the more five-star reviews and comments you leave us, uh, the better we're going to do. Leave us questions. We'll do mailbags. I mean, drop us a line. We want to hear from you. Thanks so much for everything so far. We can't wait for us to take it to the next level. Jamie's Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. 
Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.